changes my middle name. Oh, that's an homage to the Dahmer, who happened to be the answer to the trivia question to the Eli Manning replica Super Bowl ring giveaway. This is Tim the Steward, Giant Straight Talk, powered by online Big Blue LLC. Wanna talk about the 2023 season here for the New York Giants? What's gonna come next? What 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 we can potentially expect? It, it was one of those years that I think the intelligent fan knew we weren't going to make the playoffs. That 2022 was kind of an aberration. 2022 was a tale of two seasons, or two, I should say two halves of the season. And we said it during training camp. We said it for a while that we never, I never really gave a prediction for the record. I, I said between five to six wins, but I said we definitely weren't making the playoffs. And it, it wasn't the fact that I thought th- that 2022 wasn't a great story. It's just you could see the talent was not there on the Giants. You, you could see it. You could feel it. You could just see that there were a lot of lucky wins. There was a lot of ways the balls bounced our way. We talked about it before. And the same thing with Minnesota. The ball's not always going to bounce that way. The football is shaped for that, you know, shaped the way it is for a reason, which is to make players look foolish and, and, and to keep the game interesting. So Joe Shane has got another Herculean task coming up. We are going to go into part two of the rebuild in year three for Joe Shane. If we take a look at this from a, a, an actual perspective, a lot of the things that Joe has done has not worked out. And right now sitting at the sixth overall pick, we have to hope that Joe has the intestinal fortitude to block out all the outside noise and all the white noise and maybe even the Maras to go out and get a quarterback. Because sitting at six overall, we're in a good position. If you take a look where the draft breaks out, the Bears are not taking a quarterback. I think the Bears are going to be fine with Justin Fields. They may potentially trade that pick, but I don't think they're taking a quarterback. So I, you got to figure who, if so, if they trade the pick, someone's jumping up and taking that and taking their quarterback there. Or maybe the Bears take, you know, they keep the pick. You know, Washington sitting at the second overall spot. They're taking a quarterback. They are going to potentially have a pick. Be, they will not potentially. They'll have a pick between Penix and Daniels and McCarthy, JJ McCarthy and, and Drake may they're, they, 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 they in potentially even Caleb Williams, depending on what Detroit does. They'll have their pick at quarterback. And you know that again, you know, that new England's taking a quarterback, the thought process in new England, especially if it's Belichick, you figure it's going to be Drake may. Arizona at five is not taking a quarterback because they had the Colin Murray situation. The, the chargers at five are not taking a quarterback because they have the duck. So now you have the giants sitting there at six. Now the, of course there was rumors and speculation already that the members will not allow Shane to draft a quarterback. If that's the case, if I'm Joe Shane, I quit. I turn around and I look at the mirrors and the tissues and say, I just fucking quit because you're not going to allow me to draft my guy. There was rumors and speculations that they made Shane bring back Daniel Jones. I don't fully believe that. I I, I really don't. I think, I think there was a, there was a, uh, a thought process within the organization that Brian Dable was going to be able to do more with Daniel Jones after what he did his first season, but we've talked about it before. Brian Dable, if anything, just made Jones average. And technically, if you look at the stats, he made him below average. Because his statistics were below the average of all NFL quarterbacks, the other 31 quarterbacks. So if if I'm Joe Shane and I'm basically told that I can't pick my guy, I'm not going to sit there and be happy. 
because you, you saw what Tyrod Taylor did. And especially these last two games, he almost had back-to-back 300 yard games. It's amazing in Tyrod's career. I think he's only had three, uh, three, 300 yard games. And one of them was with the giants. He would have had his first two in a row, but you take a look at what he did. He took it like the way he moved around the pocket, still looking downfield, the fluidity, the pocket awareness, the pocket presence. We haven't seen that since Eli Manning. We haven't seen that from Daniel Jones at all. And we'll be going into year six. Everyone, there's no one should be under any delusion that Daniel Jones will not be back next year because he's 100% going to be back next year because there's a 60 something, $8 million cap hit that says so. Even if he doesn't come back till week five, even if he comes back into training camp, it doesn't matter. He's going to come back. Now, if you hear the talk and the, the scuttlebutt of, well, we're going to start Daniel Jones as soon as he comes back. Hey, that's all. That's all just off season bullshit. That's you're not going to, you're not going to tip your hand going into the draft. Of course, you're going to say, we're going to start Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is probably completely, you know, if I'm Joe Shane, I'm sitting in the press, the, you know, the uh, end of the press conference. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, what's interesting is uh, right now, Daniel Jones is on track to be back uh, January 31st. Yeah, that's what, that's what, of course he's going to lie. He's not going to tell you what his thought process is. He's not going to tell you what he's thinking. But he's thinking he's got to retool this roster. Because honestly, there, there is just way too much going on here that that we need to we need to we need to we need to look at something. And uh, while we, we have these picks, I, I'm still concerned. Like I said, I, I still get a little concerned about Joe Shane and his ability to draft. Yeah, he's had his first two drafts right now. And if you look at his first two drafts. Banks is the only home run last you know, Banks is the only home run in 2023. John Michael Schmitz, like I said before, he's an undersized center. Good kid. I think he'll be an average center at best. He's not going to be able to handle the. It, it was proven this year. He's not going to be able to handle the bull rushers. He's just not strong enough. Jalen Hyatt was, was nowhere near what I thought he would be. You, you have to hope he turns it back around, but until he learns how to use his speed and quickness to get off the line, he's going to consistently get jammed. Eric Gray is just Eric Gray is just 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 bad. Eric Gray is a guy that's going to get you three. He, he's he. There used to be a giant number thirty eight uh, back in the early eighties called Billy Taylor, a running back uh, who went on the after this giant career went on to play with the uh, Washington. He went to the USFL and played with the Washington Federals and I think the um, the the Orlando team as well in the USFL. They used to call him Two Yard Billy Taylor because that's all he would get you. That's Eric Gray. He can't catch. He he can catch the ball, but he's not going to get you anything else. And he's just he just can't run in between the tackles, and he doesn't have the speed to get on the outside. Trey Hawkins was a nice story in training camp. Started you know played in sixteen games. I actually played in seventeen games, but he's he's just not there. He's a couple years away. We saw we saw hiccups from Jordan Riley, but I don't know what he's going to be yet. And Owens is just Owens. And then you go into last year twenty excuse me two years ago twenty twenty two. Everyone should be worried about Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau has not had a sack in almost four weeks. He, he's not getting pressures. He's, he got bullied by third, second and third string offensive linemen against the Eagles. You know, there was, there was another, we pointed out numerous plays that he kind of takes off. There was a play that Ojalari made um, that Kayvon was on the other side of the field and he didn't just dog it. He stopped running completely to the play. And I thought to myself, what if the running back cuts it back into the middle? Kayvon was just walking. 
He seems very disinterested in times. And I know people are like, well, he doesn't want to play because, you know, the season's lost. Well, you're getting paid to play. Try going into your job and saying, hey, I don't want to work today because I just don't feel like it and see what they do to you. Evan Neal, some people think Evan Neal's a bust. I still think he's got potential, but he's he's not. You know, when Joe Shane came out and said, hey, listen, you look really smart when you got to five and seven pick. Well, you may have potentially screwed that up. Wondell Robinson, to me, is a running back. He, he's going to get you a couple spurts here and there, but he's not going to, he's not going to be that, that big play guy. He's, he, he proved it again. He's gotten pulled down from behind a couple times. Joshua Zuda. I'm, I'm I just don't see, <laughs> sorry, Cordell Flott. you know, maybe, maybe a fourth corner Bellinger. Like I said, is Jake Ballard, Dane Belton. Everyone loves Dane Belton. Everyone. Cause you know, cause he makes plays. Well, he, he also gives up touchdowns by the bunches. He gave up that touchdown. To, he gave up the touchdown to Philadelphia because he was late. He is the, you are the deep safety and you are late getting over to on your coverage in the end zone. He got two gifted INTs from, from Mike, you know, from Stafford. <laughs> he, he gets burned left. He got, like I said, he's not, he got benched in that Texan game two years ago and really hasn't seen the field except for Jason Pennock getting hurt. And he gives up, he gave up almost, he was responsible the week, the second, uh, the week, uh, the week of uh, two weeks ago. I'm sorry. I can't even talk today. He gave up, basically was responsible for help giving up three touchdowns two weeks ago. And that was the same time he had his two interceptions on a fumble. So Dane Belton, I, Dane Belton, just, just Dane Belton, uh, Micah McFadden, good player. A little bit. I mean, I think he's going to be a little bit undersized to man the linebacker position, but I definitely think he's a good player. DJ Davidson. Haven't really seen anything from DJ. Uh, Marcus McKeithen, I, I'm not seeing it. And Darren Beavers wasn't even in the on the team except for the practice squad, and he got cut during training camp after the injury. So really, if you look at all the guys that you could say were were more than solid picks, you're looking at maybe McFadden, and you're looking at Banks. <laughs> so I mean, and he had three. You got to remember, he had two third rounders two fourth rounders and three fifth rounders in 2022. So unless these guys turn around, turn it around in year three, our building block draft is not looking too good because then you go over into the New York Giants salary cap. And we're, we're going to talk about this more in detail for 2024. We're, we're, we're really, we're going to get into it. And I know people hate when I get into it because people look at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but why well, I've said it before. One thing I know is math. And one thing I know is numbers. And one thing I know is the fact that the Giants, while they have estimated cap space, are going to still be in a little bit of trouble. We talked about it before. You figure the Giants right now with the rule of 51 have anywhere between 35 to $40 million. They could probably make some moves to get up maybe around $55 million. But if you're doing that, you're probably going to have maybe 36 players under contracts, and you need to fill out a 54-man roster. You're going to have Daniel Jones taking up almost 19% of your cap space. Then you have the contract of almost 10% of your cap space with Andrew Thomas. So you got 29% of your cap space tied into two players and you had another 9% for Dexter Lawrence. So you're, you're, you're looking at, I mean, you look, think of Just think about this minute. You could potentially, potentially have 40% of your cap space, being be like more 38% tied up in Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence. And then you're going to have the maturing contracts of Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. You're going to have the Bobby O'Karake contract. You still have the Darren Waller contract. 
yeah, there, there's a, uh, it's a $14 million cap and there's dead cap number seven. So you're probably, I don't know what's going to go on with him yet. You can't get rid of Graham Gano because Graham Gano has got a $9 million dead cap number against a $7 million cap hit. You can do, you can get rid of Glowinski, but then you go around, you got a lot of ancillary guys making a little bit of money because of the fact that you have almost 38% of your cap tied up into three guys again. And that is the doing of your general manager who gave the contracts to Daniel Jones, Aaron Tom, excuse me. Yeah. Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence. And I'm not saying you, you shouldn't have brought back Lawrence and Thomas, but I'm just saying you tied up almost 38% of your cap between two guys. Or excuse me, between three guys. And one of them is a franchise quarterback. That's probably not even a franchise quarterback. I said this the day we signed Jalen Jones of that contract. I said it. If he implodes, if he gets injured, he has a bad season. It's going to set this franchise back another three or four years. And that's exactly what it's going to do because that Evan Neal contract, that Kayvon Thibodeau contract, you're just going to keep matriculating. You're going to just get, keep adding on more money to the salary cap with that. And then you got Deontay Banks contract right behind that. And then you have the thought process of who you want to bring back. You are going to have Isaiah Simmons, Adore Jackson, Xavier McKinney, Saquon Barkley sitting out there waiting to see what you're going to do with them. You know, for, for Barkley's sake, I hope we just let him go. And you don't, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Isaiah Simmons and Xavier McKinney because their positions are basically redundant. Unless you're going to make Isaiah Simmons a linebacker, but he's been more into the quasi-safety linebacker position. And his coverage, why people like to talk about, well, the passer rate against him is only 89.3, which is the lowest. We don't talk about how many yards he's given up. We don't talk about the yak. We don't talk about the completion percentage. We don't talk about how many of those went for first downs because those don't statistically pan out in regards to keeping him as a great pass defender. He does things well on the field, but not at a 12, 14, anywhere between 12 to $16 million. You're probably going to ask for he does. He's not worth that. Xavier McKinney's worth more to the team than that. But then you have to think, can you bring back both or can you bring back just one more likely going to bring back one? Cause I said, you probably went out Isaiah Simmons to get him anyways, because of the fact that you were looking for redundancy on the Xavier McKinney deal. And the whole thing about Isaiah Simmons is everyone's like, well, he, he fits in the wink system. What if winks not here? What if Wink is gone? You're going to run the same system with a different defensive coordinator? Adoree Jackson is probably going to get anywhere between, I would say, 9 to $13 million on the open market, so he's not going to be back. Saquon Barkley, you still have the opportunity to tag him again, but I think if you tag Saquon again, it would just not, be, it would just not go well. I don't, think he, I don't think he would sign the deal. But you got guys that are out there that you need to figure out what you want to do with who could potentially be vile parts of your organization. But the problem is also you have to look at your cap space because you're only going to have maybe 55 million with 37 players under contract to, and that's with the rule of 51. Shane has got a Herculean task again this year. And it's going to sometimes be the mistakes that he made with the Thomas con, I see me with the Jones contract. That's going to come back and haunt him. Because like I said, you got a $69 million dead cap number against a $47 million cap hit with Daniel Jones. Almost 19% of your salary cap on a quarterback with two neck injuries and now a knee injury. And you potentially are going to think about going out and drafting a quarterback. And then you, and then we're not even going to get into chance to talk about, hey, listen, you may lose your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, your offensive line coach, your special teams coach, 
you might have a, you might have an upheaval with inside your own staff because of the fact that, you know, some people think Dable's a little bit of an asshole and a control freak, not, ju- not judging, but sometimes, you know, he, they, some people in the building say he, you know, there's just rumors that he's too intense. Dable is that he's got to take it down a notch. He's had issues with wink already a couple times this year. There's so there are things to like about this team. You, you like the future, potentially bringing in a quarterback. You you like some of the young talent. You like the players like Bobby Okereke and Dexter Lawrence, um, you know, and Sterling Shepard and, and Deontay Banks. You know, but there's just so many other question marks on this team. And like I said, then you look at the trades for Shane Boogie Basham. And how that how'd that work out for you? You also take a look at, he brought in Waller. You also need to look at the fact that if, you know, I, I love Bobby O'Karake. He had a great season, but he did overpay for an off the ball linebacker. If you take a look at the trade, if you look at the free agent market value, there's a lot of moving pieces that is going to happen with this team. So stay tuned, strap in. Cause this is going to be a fun off season. And as always, this is Tim. This is New York Giants straight talk powered by on by big blue LLC. So don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to ring that bell because you want to know why. That'll be awesome.